words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. at the Little Ranch House on Southwood Drive here in Lufkin, Texas. Uh, for the next hour, we're going to talk about building, repairing, and maintaining all design with the blind in mind. Here are the hosts for the Blind Handyman, Don Shaw. What's the good word, Tommy? <laughs> Hello there, Don. Good to have you with us. Don Patterson is here today. A wonderful spring day. <laughs> yes, Wintertime must be gone forever. I love yeah. it. I love I it. Love My it. name, of course, is Tom Houston. But here is the creator and the producer of the Blind Handyman, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Phil Parr. Well... <laughs> Pretty exciting. Give me some idea here. Hello there, friends, and welcome to another Blind Handyman show, show number 30. 34. 34. Don Charles alleging 34. Is that yeah. anywhere near correct? Got to be close. 34. Give or take a show or two. 34 shows. And there are guys who've gone to the archives and downloaded every show we've done. You know that? There is. And then there's some guys that haven't listened to not even one of them. Present company excluded, of course. Right? I guess there's, uh, you know, there are contrasts in all uh, everything that you, that you do. But they, uh, there are guys, I see guys on the list who say, I've downloaded all your shows, I'm on show number 15, and you're just wonderful. That's got to be, you know, these folks don't have much to do, do they? Tapping along. Their lives are, lives are <laughs> certainly uh, don't, don't do much. Todd Patterson's got the Mike Viagra there, don't you? No, the oh, mic stand has Viagra. You've got it. You got it fixed, did you? <laughs> you got it. I did it. Oh, we're happy about that. And uh, what else is going on? Charles making 
picture frames out of cedar pickets. Is that right? Yeah, old fence pickets, cedar fence pickets. They make fine, good picture frames. Is this, have you made one yet? Or are you Rustic style. Well, rustic. as a matter of fact, I'll route it down after the show. My wife pays big bucks for that rustic-looking stuff. It just looks like junk to me. This will definitely be rustic. It's got nail holes. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this does. has nail holes in the pickets. Same thing for I, uh, I listed that with my realtor. My house is rustic. Yeah, rustic looking good. She bought, she bought this thing, uh, and I saw it leaning against the wall. It's out on the porch, leaning against the wall. It's a piece of tin with a little kind of a frame around it. It had a, had a piece of barbed wire at the top. And I thought, well, I'll throw this away. It's a piece of junk, yeah. you know. Yeah. Jesus, she just ordered uh, it from. Don't want to do that. Ordered it from some schmuck in San Antonio for forty bucks, you know. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to build some of this stuff ourselves. I got lots of cedar out front, y'all. Well, the warden has a picture hanging on her wall. I mean, and, and this rustic can go into objects or either in pictures. And it is a picture of a blue jean jacket hanging on a clothesline. I mean, I, I'm, like, I'm going, what? You know, it's like, <laughs> really? Yeah. So you yeah. tell me. But I, I tell her every time I see her, it's my favorite picture. Certainly, <laughs> certainly your favorite picture. Favorite picture. And she's letting right. you stay and drink with the Cowboys today. Uh, the bracelet is off. Bracelet is off. Just for today. Batteries are down. Yeah. The work release program. <laughs> work Try to mainstream me, get me back in society. Yes, well, it's certainly nice to have, a, have you with us. I'm yes, glad yeah. to be here. Same and you notice all, I provided my own transportation. Uh-huh. You did, yeah, and you sure and did. she is not coming to get me. Well, speaking on behalf of the Blind Handyman Show, it's so nice to have you well, with it's us. It's so nice to be here. Oh, it isn't that good. <laughs> well, it's pretty good. It's not that good. <laughs> but, and, and so she let you off, kind of off monitoring, special monitoring. Actually, I took myself off. I took, took the bracelet shirt. off and flung it at her. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, I laid it, well, I laid it on the Sure. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the night while she was asleep, you probably did. <laughs> anyway, we are gathered here. Tom Fussell is with us. Tom, are you there? Tom's not speaking. He's not talking. Well, there's a. I wouldn't admit it either. Tom's in the shop working uh, diligently rebuilding a microphone power supply for me. And uh, it's only taken a month and a half. (laughs) Power supply. But uh, it's probably quit just then. A little microphone power supply. I have these old Alltech mics that I've had since they were used, and I bought them in 1964. And Tom is talking on one right now. Tom has one. Uh, very close to his face, right there. It's an Altec mic. Oh, okay. And I have another one, and I want to get all of them fired up and ready. To I go. thought it was my voice, but it's the microphone. It's that's, an Altec sounds microphone. as good, huh? So he's restoring that, and our guest today is whom? It's Fred Scott from Austin, Texas. And Fred has a recording studio, so we're probably going to get into all that mm-hmm. talking uh, digital versus analog and those kinds of things. Yeah, are not really handyman related, but I love them anyway. So we'll probably talk about that. What else have we got? We got email today? Do uh-huh. We got yeah. Some email. A couple of emails today. Right. What a deal. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Go. Oh, okay. This is from Michael Thomas Hoffman, and he, he writes, I was just wondering how any of you organize your sockets by size. I tried to do this by fill, but can't remember what all those metric and other socket sizes are. Any idea? By the way, love the show. I have all the MP3s on one CD. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Hope to hear from you soon, Mike Hoffman. Now, see, there's a guy who has all shows, all our uh, shows all on his, shows. He burned them to an MP3 so that he can walk around and listen to them. Okay. Right. And, uh, see, we love people like that. Well, about on his sockets, the only thing I'm concerned, I guess, that over time they would get separated. But, you know, you normally you buy sockets kind of in sets, and they're little holders. Like, I have two, one metric set and one... Uh, 
what's non-metric? <laughs> non-metric. Non non non-metric set, that, you know, quarter or standard. Yeah, standard yeah, and standard metric. Yeah. And they're in little plastic containers and, and really kind of the... They well, almost you, could, you could put a smaller socket in a larger slot, but you can't put the large. So they almost kind of line up. But I guess basically you could do a brailing system of some sort on the outside. It wouldn't hurt the socket if you could get the stuff to stick, the, the adhesive to stick, and have somebody come over there one day and, you know, metrics going to go in numbers like 8, 10, 12, what have you, and sockets are going to be, what, 3 sixteenths or 1 eighth and 3 sixteenths and a quarter and blah, blah, blah. So yep. you may have to label them, but... But actually, they do go up in size in outside diameter. Of course, now I can understand how, say, the two sizes next to each other might be hard to discern, but you yeah, can sure tell are. a half inch from a... Oh, you could. You know, well, why I mean, would you? I think mine are just in a drawer. I mean, my, mine are... Uh, yeah, normally just take out the socket and try them till they fit. That's what I always <laughs> do. No, because I do it, too. I, mean, I think that's what everybody yeah. does. You Because even you know, if you know which one is which, which you size, may yeah. or may not know which yeah. size the bolt is. And so you're going to have to take them out it's but sighted guys fit. can look at one and say it's three quarters. They can. They of course, can. It's yeah, written on there. If you do it it's, often enough, yeah. yes. But if you don't, I mean, you're in the same situation. Yeah. You're of course, they're, they're, half the time they'll say that's a three quarter, and it'll actually be a seven eighths. Right. <laughs> you know. So I mean, how, they're not going to know any better than you are. I just, I just keep fooling around until I find the, the, uh, uh, the one that I want. I don't, I don't know. You yeah, know. like I say, aside from labeling them, which I think would be a lot of trouble for nothing. And what I, I think yeah, I do, what most blind and or sighted people is try it. Till it fits. And yep. Well, the only other thing, if you if you didn't have a way to organize them, would be to take a, a board, put it up on the wall, and put a bunch of little small nails and hang them on these little nails right. in the order they go in. That Get some work. sided some yeah. sided person to to do that for you, and then you could put a label above them. And if you were organized enough to always grab one and then put it back and get the next one, it'd be I, good. I, I, I'm not. I'm organized to at fault, but I'm not that organized. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I put, I do. Well, you could. What, what I would suggest, if you really, I mean, we're into that. Now, I know because metric, you know, anymore, believe it or not, as long as we've had metric, I, I've probably used my metric sockets twice as opposed to my standard yeah. sockets yeah. all the time. I have never even working on my lawnmower or working on this. I, I just have not encountered metric. I mean, maybe it's just me. And I do, a, you know, quite a bit. But I guess what I'd say, if, if you were going to uh, eliminate some of the problem, get somebody to come and help you just one day and get you two drawers and keep all the metric in one drawer and uh, standard in another. And then at least that would eliminate that. Well, I guess if you really want to get excessive... You could take different size drill bits and drill holes in a block and line them up like that. I mean, there'd be a lot of ways to do it. But I, you know, I, I'm not trying to put you down, but I don't know why it's necessary. I just, you know, I know that I want a small one, and I just look around until I find the one that, that fits the well, bolt I, I want, put it on the ratchet, and go. Right. And like I say, I've never encountered that many metric. I know in certain areas you may. And I, I do have a wrench set, an open and box in set that are in a leather pouch, and they are separated. Uh, metric, for, and that's the only separation I would do. I would keep, because you can get into, like if you're trying to put a metric on a standard one and it slips, and that, you know, that kind of gets irritating, or you could round off the corners or something. So I would separate them by category. Yeah, if you put a wrench on a nut and it yeah. doesn't exactly fit, don't do it, don't, because you're going to... If it don't fit, don't force it. If it don't fit, don't force it. Yeah. Now, be careful. You're, you're getting into dangerous territory. You, uh, that's opposite of, of what I heard uh, 
down down. But anyway, it. Uh, <laughs> Get out of town. He's cut off. Don't don't uh, don't if, force it. Get a bigger hand. If it doesn't, if the if it doesn't fit the boat, don't do that don't because do you'll that. end up rounding off the corners and you won't get anywhere anyway. Exactly. I, yep. I got. Uh, I was. I decided my the other day. I decided my front door, not the door that we go in and out, but the door that goes out on the front porch. Yeah. Wasn't closing tight enough. In other words, there was sound coming through it. So I took the the striker plate off that the that the thing fits. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And 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 I put it back. Well, I put it back wrong, and I ended up eating the screw out. I couldn't get the screw out. I had to get the vice grips finally, oh, and get the screw out. You know, this thing it would have taken five minutes. Took an hour. Yeah, yeah. You go just go to the shop. Get the, I, I keep inside tools, and I've got a a really nice screwdriver. And I thought this will be simple. I'll just take the striker plate off, bend the little thing out where the door will close tighter, put it back on. Well, I put it back in the wrong holes and strip the screw and messed the head up. And had to get the vice grips and. So, you know, that's I had the wrong size screwdriver, to make a long story yeah, short. Yeah. If I'd had the right size <laughs> screwdriver, we'd have been in good shape. Yep. Okay. So, all right, next email. Okay. Hello, Blind Handyman. My name is Anita. I discovered your show on ACB Radio and enjoy it very much. I'm visually impaired and live in West Virginia. I have very little uh, usable vision and I'm able to see light and outlines of objects. I read Braille and use JFW. Currently, I'm working at T-Base Communications USA Incorporated, and which uh, is a company that puts printed information such as bank statements, phone bills, books, business cards, and so on into multiple formats, Braille, disc, audio, cassette, and large print. also does mm-hmm. website testing. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a handyman. I do attempt some handyman stuff. One thing is putting things together I buy at the store. The first real thing I did was putting an entertainment stand together with half of one of my neighbors. I learned a lot. Putting the little screws and other little dowel rods and such, it was hard to figure out, but easy when he showed me how to do it. Now, since then, I have done a good bit of things from putting together a desk to putting together bookshelves. One thing I do so that I can independently put things together is to go and feel how the model is put together in the store. That's a good idea. It is. Yes, it is. I found a nice entertainment stand at Walmart and felt every inch of the one there was there there on display came home and put the one I bought together without sighted help. Very good. Now, another thing I do is bring something home, such as my three-shelf bookcase, for instance, take everything out of the box, fill the boards, and determine where I think they would go best. Then after rearranging them, until they resemble the desired item, the bookshelf, for instance, then opening the screws and stuff and doing the assembling. Of course, this method wouldn't work for a huge project, but for little things like microwave stands and such, it works well. I have never attempted to mow the grass, but heard someone asking about it on the show. One thing I do, though, is vacuum the floor. Of course, to do this, I go back and forth in a pattern from the left side of the couch to the right side and then from the right to left, meaning I'm pushing the vacuum towards the front of the couch, then bringing it back to the center of the room. Of course, with mowing, I might try using kitchen chairs or something as a landmark. What I do is vacuum with my shoes off so that I can tell if I'm being successful. Now, with a lawnmower, there might be the fear of cutting your toes uh, in place of the grass. So you might wear your shoes during the major run through the lawn and then with shoes off walk the lawn after you're um, mowing, pulling the lawn mower along with you 
turned off, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you walk across a, a missed path, then you can turn it on and mow that section. Yep. You may still miss spots, but this method works well with vacuuming, so it might do just as good with mowing the grass, although it may take a little longer. And, of course, you can still ask a sighted person to double-check after you're done. I am now ready for uh, show 16. I have learned a lot from you. One thing I am a little nervous about is the electricity. Now, you taught in the first show how to change an outlet. Of course, the first step is turning the breakers off. However, I have never (laughs) been inside a breaker box before. What does the breaker box look like, and what are the knobs like inside? Also, can I just open the box and fill everything inside without having to worry about being shocked, or is there parts I should not touch? Another question is, when doing the outlet, do you have to strip the wire and reattach it to the new plug, and how do you strip it to make it do this? I'm renting a house off of some very picky landlords and wish to put something down over my carpet so I don't have to worry about ruining it by the dogs pottying on it or chewing it or staining it with a spilled drink or whatever. However, I do not want to staple or glue anything over the carpet but would like something to lay over it when I move. I could just take, take it up. Uh, wood, or wood rather, linoleum stay put if furniture was over it to hold it firm. I'm not as concerned about the linoleum being torn. Of course, I don't want this to happen, but it would be mine. Also, I'm guessing it is pretty expensive. Is there anything else I could use for the same purpose that would be cheaper? Maybe you or a listener uh, will have a unique idea. I could just put a carpet over the whole thing without gluing it, but I'm pretty sure they are expensive, and I'm looking for a cheap way of doing this. Any thoughts would be appreciated. Have you gotten the website up and running? I did go and type in the www.handyman.com, and it did not come up. If not, are you planning to do this? I just learned HTML and would be willing to create the HTML pages for the show. I have not put a site up on the web yet, so this would be a good learning experience for me. I don't think it would be hard for me to figure out, though. Now, if this sounds interesting... Email and let me know. I look forward to hearing the next several shows and finally catching up to the current show. Oh, and you were having trouble recording show 15 because everything wasn't working. Well, I was having trouble listening to it because Real Player and JFW were having some kind of argument, and Real Player <laughs> insisted that Jaws would be turned off or it wouldn't work properly. Uh-huh. So finally, on try three, I was about to turn Handyman uh, with the computer and make it work the good old-fashioned way, but I didn't have a sledgehammer close <laughs> enough, fortunately, bye for now, Anita. We need, to right. get, we need to get her and Dale Levins together. Well, <laughs> Anita must have started writing this email at show 15. What? <laughs> but she had, I don't know what she'd do about her carpet problem. I tell you, if I was renting a house, I, just, I wouldn't worry. They've got insurance. Yeah, either I've you got, paid a pet deposit or not. I've got, know, I've got, rent, and just figure on forfeiting your plastic, pet deposit. Maybe yeah. clear plastic. Well, clear plastic would, would work, but that's going to tear. But anything's going to sweat, and then but you're yeah, going to have trouble closing doors. If yep. you, you know, and then yep. I, no, I mean obviously you've paid. A, just maybe limit the dog to certain areas and to certain rooms, and teach the dog or to teach the dog to go outside. Of course, Charlie. Yeah. Now, since Charlie's gotten old, she's almost 15 years old. She's gotten to where she doesn't ask to go right. outside anymore. They she, don't know. Yeah. she, do, she doesn't, and you. You can't fuss at her. She's 15 years old. Yeah. She can pee anywhere she wants to, you know. I mean, what do you what do you say to her? She just yeah. she just does what she wants to do, and, and you're not going to. Anyway, as far as a breaker box, I guess there could be an instance where you could get shocked in a breaker box where someone had not properly sealed one. 
But in most cases, you won't. In most cases, you can open that breaker box and look in the breaker box. And I'll tell you one thing, if, if, if that's bothering you, one time at the radio station, we had some noise in a piece of equipment, and I wanted to find it. So I went down there at night when there'd be nobody there and just turned the master switch right. off yeah. because I didn't need the light until I could figure out and turn and, and uh, that turned everything off. Yeah. And t- t- so, I, so I knew that I, yeah, I didn't have to turn individual breakers off. And you might try that if, it, if electricity bothers you, but there shouldn't be... There shouldn't be anything in the breaker box, and it's just a box full of switches. switches. And each switch turns off a circuit in your house. For instance, one switch will turn off the lights in the dining room. One switch will turn off the lights in the living room. One will turn off the plugs over your at your in your kitchen. So figure out what switches turn off. What turn one off and go back in the house and see what won't work. And then, and then you'll things. know you can braille label that box yep. uh, so that if you want to work on something. She had another question. Well, there's two things. One thing I'd like to comment on the breaker box, and you will get the right uh, thing about the main breaker up front, especially with a blind person. And I've done, you know, I can do most wiring, that, I mean, for myself. And uh, I've gotten in trouble sometimes just flipping breakers because depending on the age of the house, Sometimes you have an outlaw plug, I call it, that's not really on the breaker, even though it's in a room. And so in older houses, probably turn off everything, even though, like, my house does not have a main breaker. Then I think they moved up to where you had all the breakers inside the box, and you had the handle on the outside, Don, which you pulled down. Yeah, yeah. And then now yeah. the newer boxes, I think, have a, a breaker outside. I mean, it has a switch. You don't even have to open the box. Well, amateurs. Having yeah. that outlaw plug is yeah. going to be a rarity. It, yeah, may, it may happen to you, but if your house is is uh, less than 20 years old, chances are you're going to find break. And don't be afraid. 110 yeah. volts really won't hurt you. It'll scare the hell out of you, but it won't hurt you. Uh, getting into 110 volts. We need to. We need. What do we need to do? Take a break here and uh-huh. and put our guest on. Be back in the worth the blind handyman show in just a minute. you can talk about ACB Radio programming with friends and other listeners, then you might want to join our ACB Radio friends email list. You'll get all the announcement information you'd normally get from our ACB Radio announce list. And you can take part in email discussions with staff and listeners. All you got to do is send a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Tell me one more time. Just a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Keep in touch. ACB Radio, the station that is out of sight. Hang out with other ACB Radio listeners. Talk with the hosts. Provide suggestions about the future of ACB Radio. It's all possible through the ACB Radio Friends List. Thank you for being a friend. Log on and sign up now. Send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And thank you for being a friend of ACB Radio. 
going to risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program? Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB Radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB Radio. This is The Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. We're, we're back uh, this afternoon with uh, Fred Scott from Austin. How are you doing, Fred? I'm doing fine, Don. How are y'all? Oh, man, we're doing good here this afternoon, enjoying this good weather. Nice weather here, yes, sir. It's great. Fantastic. And you live in Austin? That's correct. Well, Austin is a great town. It's gotten too big for me. <laughs> uh, I spent a lot of time there as a, as a kid. Did you go to our school for the blind in Austin? Yes, I did. Graduated there in 1965. In 65? Right. So that would make you uh, how old? I'm 56. 56, and you gr- you actually graduated from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I left in 58, but it wasn't because I graduated. <laughs> uh, let's see, was W. E. Allen still around when you uh, were you were there? He... Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, still boy. there. He was. Don't be smoking those cigarettes. Of course, he was still smoking his pipe, you know, all the time. Well, it was a it was a sad place, and we'll get into that. Uh, some other time. Some sure, other time, yeah. Surely you've gotten over all the guilt they laid on you and all that. All Actually, that Phil, uh, I wanted to tell you that I met you about 1966. You were playing out at a joint on airline. Me? Or Telephone Road somewhere in Houston. I was going to the U of H. I was probably out on Telephone Road. I, yeah. I was, are you a player? Do you play? I play piano. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I come in and set in with you for one or two times. Is that right? At the old, at the Western Club? Right. Probably on Sunday afternoon? Uh, this was a, a Friday night or something. Friday night, those old long sessions that yeah. we, we used to have out there. And you, uh, I was playing bass. Uh, do you remember who, who I had uh, probably Don Cathy playing with me, a steel guitar and and the drums and lead? And, and Well, you had a keyboard player, and, and he was happy to get the night off, as I remember. <laughs> well, uh, if I had a key, was his? do you remember his name? I don't. Uh, I, I bet it was uh, Joe Joe Lashudo. I bet is who it was. Yeah. What a name! So you came and played some. You came and played some keyboard with us. Right. Uh-huh. And you were going to U of H at that time. Right. Did you get a degree? Uh, not from there. I came back to to Austin. Graduated from UT. You got yourself a degree at UT. Do you still play some? You don't. You bet. I play bass for a couple of little. Uh, crews here in Austin. Is that right? So you're still playing a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I've. What a deal. I've kind of given it up. Do you, you sing? Uh, no, uh-uh. You don't, and I can prove it. You can prove it. Well, no, don't. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. It's okay. And and, and uh, they said that you have a studio. Uh, right. Okay. Well, tell me about your studio. That's that's a little off topic, but what are they going to do, turn us off? Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. um, I got interested in recording in the in the 70s, and I got one of those uh, Tascam 8-track half-inch machines. I got you. And I've just been spending money on recording equipment since then. That's now. that half inch, but that's what everybody starts with is those Tascams, and, mm-hmm. and they were a good machine. They had a lot of headroom. 
they would take a pounding and keep on going. They, they, uh, I had one years ago. I've long since abandoned that. Mm-hmm. What are you What are you doing now? What are you well, using now? After that, I, I got in in the nineties. I got into DAT recording using those uh, Tascam machines. Again, they were eight track, but the the tape was a uh, uh, Sony Hi Eight videotape. Yeah, they, they they were called uh, DAT machines. Well, they're DAT machines, but they're uh, there's a na- they're uh, there's a name for them. They're made by they're made by Tascam. Are no, they made by Tascam? They were DA eighty eight. Um, yeah, and those you can buy those for two hundred dollars a pop now. Exactly, man, man, they're filthy, dirty exactly. cheap, and they were th- they were three thousand at one time. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the pair of those I had, I took those down about six months ago. At, for consignment, and he said, "Well, just stack them over there with the rest of them, you know." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. No, nobody wants those anymore. No. So you've uh, you graduated now to what? Uh, computer recording uh, using sonar, using the the cake talking scripts, using Jaws. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're recording on the computer. Yeah, it's all uh, direct to the computer now. My only uh, thought about that is mixing. Uh, how do you, when you've got uh, 24 tracks done, how do you, how do you, how do you mix? Well, uh, the Cake Talking scripts help a lot. They've got shortcut keys where you can jump from track to track. You can jump to uh, different uh, parameters on each track uh, with with shortcut keys. Mm-hmm. You know, you pretty much. Uh, Go pretty fast to right to where you need to go to to do something. You know, change so, the volume, pan, mm-hmm. uh, add, add an effect, add highs to channel seven or whatever. Right. Yeah. So you can you can do. I guess your tracks are unlimited on a thing like that. Uh, I've gotten up to twenty seven tracks on uh, on a couple of projects I've done here recently without it without any hiccups. Yeah. Whoa. And uh, you have a, a, a way of playing it all back, taking each track separately and, and fooling with it, and mixing it. Right, and you can so long. It's just more or less like working with uh, with you know hard hard tracks, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can solo and you can uh, select a track and add processing, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. You can take a track and export it out of Sonar into SoundForge if you want to work in SoundForge to. To edit something, and you've got SoundForge also. Yes. Uh-huh. So you're set up, ready to go. Yeah, um, it's a good setup. Basically, what I do is is a lot of. Um, I, of course, I played for played music here in Austin many years, so I know a lot of people. And and um, I have steady customers. I have one guy who's uh, has a regular television show on one of the public access channels here. And, uh huh. He comes over with his Casio keyboard and his accordion, and we do uh, three or four songs that he uh, and put them on a CD, and then he takes that to the studio and, and does lip sync on his television show. Oh, is that right? We do that regularly. I've got three or four songwriters that that uh, I kind of specialize in in dealing with people who don't have a band. Uh huh. They. Uh, they come in with a guitar and maybe a song in their head, and I sit down and um, use MIDI drums to. And uh, I also play bass, so I put down drums and bass, and also keyboards. And if they can play guitar, they put down the, the guitar part. And if they can't, you can. Well, I can do 
play rhythm guitar, you mm. know, but there's plenty of real guitar players here in Austin. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you put things together. You start out with drums and then add bass. And, right. And, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's funny. That's exactly what I was. I laid a, just before we did the show today, I laid a bass track on a project I'm doing for a guy. I'm doing the same thing. I'm using a Mackie 24 uh, track digital machine, uh-huh. uh, which does the same thing. It's a, it's a computer also. Except that it's set up to, uh, you know, it's just like a, just like a reel-to-reel tape recorder. I start, and stop, fast forward, and rewind. And, mm-hmm. and I looked seriously at that uh, before I, but I yeah. actually, you know, before I got into sonar and all that, I, I just decided that uh, that sonar talks some. You know, you get so much in, uh, feedback from it. That yeah, if you were, see, I'm not, I, I know, I'm, I'm not computer illiterate. I can check my email. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not really much on, I mean, I, I know how they work, and I've got two or three. But I'm not nearly as into computers as probably you are. So this, this Mackie machine works better for me. Do you do, um, do you do any handyman projects? Do you do any woodwork? Well, uh, I built the studio. Pretty much, um, I did actually have a carpenter come in and did it. Do it. Uh-huh. Actual, I designed it more or less. But uh, uh, I've never been real. Uh, I was worried about losing a finger. <laughs> and so you, you got. Hey, well, that's a very practical way of looking at things. If you're a musician. Oh, we had our, our boy Shaw here was doing something on the table saw just before we came in here. He's uh-huh. he's making some picture frames. Sorry and, about those fingers. And Don Don Patterson walked out. I said, "Man, I hate the sign of blood. I'm gonna go outside." And, you know. I well, also know. when I, I worked years ago in the photo finishing business, and I smashed a finger almost to the point where it was going to have to be amputated. They saved it, but I told everybody I was fixing to be the first nine fingered accordion player because uh, yeah. I have a MIDI accordion, oh, by the way. Right. So. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we're 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 fixing to take the course. I, I know nothing about MIDI instruments, but I'm fixing to learn. He finally found a file that said, "If you know nothing," and that's what I need. Uh-huh. Is I need to get into that. I've, I've been just hand playing bass, and I've got a, 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 a Roland 707 drummer, which allows you to bring each instrument out or each voice out separately, so I can do. Those uh, are really handy. Yeah, uh, I, I have a set of Roland V drums. Really, and. Uh, they're set up over in one corner of the studio where you, a real drummer can use them, or uh-huh. I can use them, play the module, access the modules to the regular piano keyboard. So you've got a real studio. I mean, you're you're set up to do uh, to bring in people and, and do things. Oh yeah, yeah. We do uh, do a lot of. Uh, sort of gotten into a lot of Spanish language stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And got some CDs being distributed in Mexico right now. Do you have a CD of your own stuff that you've done? Okay. Well. Not really. I, I play at the piano, but I'm not really any a virtuoso. Really, uh-huh. most of my career I've been a bass player. Yeah. And, uh, so are I, you working with? Slap the piano around a little bit. Are you working with MIDI a lot, or? or? Yeah, I use MIDI <clears throat> for the to like write the drum parts out. Right. And uh, piano parts and all that, and you can combine those in the, sonar with with the digital with audio tracks. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm using Power Tracks Pro, but I've just started. It's fr- mm-hmm. from uh, PG Music in Canada. They make Band in a Box. Yeah. And so I had I bought Band in a Box, and then this kind of came along as a bonus. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, kind of got the I paid a little more and got their Pro version. How you know, I think if I really got into it, I'd like Cakewalk or something. But yeah. Well, uh, I've got like one, two, three, four, four different synthesizers that are all hooked up together through a MIDI interface thing and 
So you can have strings, you can have an organ. I got a Hammond organ set up. Uh, absolutely, yeah. You know. So you'd be the guy to talk. We should have invited you to Blind Week instead of these schmucks we invited, you know. Because <laughs> maybe you could. We won't. I'm wanting to get into many. Surely, here. You know what? I, what I want to do. I want to play electric bass and have the bass drum hit the boom, hit the note when I do. Yeah. So I don't have to go back. Because what I'm doing now is laying the drum pattern. Right. And then going back and laying a couple rhythm guitars, and then laying the electric bass. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can get real close. But if you could make that bass hit the bass drum note, it'd be on the money every time. Yeah. And you know there's a way to do that. Well, I do that by uh, using a uh, a uh, an acoustic sounding acoustic bass that's in one of the synthesizers. Uh huh. That, that you play with it with your finger with the keyboard. Play with the keyboard. Okay. And. You lay down your bass track, and then you can come back in and play your uh, bass over it and, and quantize it, which means you tell the, the computer to only play quarter notes, play right on the beat, uh -huh. and it's, it's just metronomically perfect. And it puts that bass drum right where you want it. Right where you want it. Well, you're a man. We've met you too late, though, didn't we, huh? Have you laid your drum track without your drum, like using your keyboard where you can hit the bass on the right, one uh, and three and the snare on... Yeah, you know, the low C on this keyboard is the, is it's the, the bass drum. Right. The E above it is the snare, toms, or, you know, your hi-hats and F-sharps. Right. And uh, I, I just go in and play one part at a time. Yeah, you're invited to Blind Weekend. Bring your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, I've got a, I've got a brother-in-law lives in Austin. I'll probably be by. I'll, I probably we, come we, by and I'll show you around. Uh, we end up up there once or twice a year because we got to. We've got my wife has a brother that lives up there, so we're up there several times a year. I will call you and come. I'd like to see your like to see your setup. And you said that you you. I'm sorry. What? No, I could ask you, Mascot. How did you find out about? Have you listened to Blind Handyman? Oh, I'm subscribed yeah. and have been listening to it for since it started. Interesting. Very good. We need all the help we can get. You say that. <laughs> good to have you. I don't, like I said, I don't do skill saws and all that stuff, so I really haven't. <laughs> you know. What did you do toward helping you with your studio besides the wiring? Well, I did the wiring, and uh, uh, once the carpenter installed the, the bench, I don't really use a desk. I use more like a, a workshop height bench it's about 40 inches tall uh -huh. uh i built the uh I built rack cases that set on either side of the console you know to put all the 19 inch rack gear in. put your stuff in yeah yeah and i carpeted it all the whole the control room is all the walls i carpeted with just commercial grade carpeting and we put sonics on the ceiling that's a commercial sound absorbing material mm -hmm. and uh my wife and I, she's also visually impaired. We put up acoustic tile in the main recording room. It's about a uh, 14 by 18 size room. So you have a separate recording room from your control room. Right. Well, whoa. What a deal. What a deal. Man. We put up tile and sonics in the in the recording room, and uh, it's pretty dead. It actually hurts your ears when you walk in there the first time. You know, it's so quiet. But we're all just kind of gathered around the board here. I mean, you know, I can reach up and unplug things. <laughs> Yeah, we're just sort of, that's true. We're just sort of sitting here by the by the board in the in the room, but that's all right. We like it that way. It's uh, it's good. Well, that's good. So you're all set up and ready to go. That's uh, I guess Austin's a place to be if you want to do studio work. Though there's plenty. Yeah, of... there, well, there's it's competitive. There's probably ninety, I think ninety studios here Man. that advertise as such. 
Really? Probably a lot Goodness. more garage type deals. You know? Yeah, really. Bedroom type studios. There's a you know so much of the equipment now computer driven and and the, the little boxes you can use to get guitar sounds. Yeah, and, and it's all cheap. That you can record in your bedroom, you know. It's all it's cheap now. Whereas used to, you'd, you'd have thousands of dollars invested in big 24 track reel to reel machines. Now, this I think the Mackie that I bought was 2,500 dollars. For 24 track uh, hard drive digital machine that I wouldn't take for. I love it. It's the best thing I ever bought. You know, uh, it's kind of strange. You're talking about the, all these little additions you can get. I, I, I have band in the box, which I told you about, but also I saw now Yamaha makes a little standalone chord generator type MIDI thing, and it, uh -huh. its little advertisement says it, it'll never quit you like other musicians will, and it doesn't drink near as much beer. <laughs> and so, uh, and you can program it, recognizes like 27 different forms of chords, you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, and it'll show up for the gig. It'll show up for the gig, show yeah. If you can carry it, it's going to show up, so... Well, I'll tell you what, uh, next time I'm in Austin, I'll give you a call. What, where, whereabouts the city? Where do you live? Where, I live Central Austin. I'm about two miles north of the Blind School. Two miles north of the Blind School, which is right. which is Central Austin now. Pretty much, yeah. Buddy boy, it wasn't when we went there, was it? No. I mean, 45th was a was a northern outpost of the city then, but uh, it's uh, my my uh, my brother-in-law lives in Round Rock, which yeah. is Austin now. Right. I can remember hitchhiking from Austin to, to Taylor going through Round Rock to go up to KTAE because we had a friend that worked up in the Taylor radio station. Mm -hmm. We go up, and it was a long way, seemed like. Well, Round Rock now is uh, is part of the city. Right, well, it's all merged now. Well, Fred, mm -hmm. are you a fugitive from the blind school? Did you attend? Yeah, I, uh, as I was telling you, I graduated there in 65. Okay. Yeah, we, you've, got right. to, you've got to stay here for the whole show. Oh, well, I was, I, was, I, I was doing an errand for Tom. I was doing a very important errand for Tom. He was going to get I was fetching the beer, Fred. For Tom. Uh -huh. that's, that's, it. that's what I did. You can't say that on the radio. Oh, I'm sorry. I was fetching. For Fred, <laughs> I'm going to come see you, and I want to... I want to look around your studio. I'll give you a call next time I'm in Austin, Texas. Okay, Phil. And uh, you guys. if on the off chance that you're ever in Lufkin, we're right here. Okay. <laughs> hey, Fred, nice to meet you. Good to yeah, meet you, sir. To see you, Fred. We'll be later, visiting Fred. with you a little bit later on, and good luck with your studio, sir. Send us a, a CD if you get anything okay, we think I'll we can use. Okay, MP3. How about that? Hey, that was an MP3. That would be cool. Send us something from the accordion player. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank All right. you, sir. Back with more of the Blind Handyman Show, we're going to talk about uh, how to sell your house or not to sell your house in just a few minutes. More in a minute. ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear live, unpredictable internet radio on the ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic, and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. 
ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. Latest breaking news stories, visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. All the news, all the time. From the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time. In the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. listening to the blind handyman on acb radio mainstream if you have an idea for a topic or project you would like us to discuss let us know at our address blindhandyman at hotmail.com now back to the show with don patterson all right tom i assume you we were chatting off the air in the green room here and got uh, carried away. Oh, well. Okay, uh, actually what I want to talk about today is something that we've, we touch on off and on about, you know, how uh, blind people can do this or that. And then we've talked about uh, other times that sometimes you can't do it all and it doesn't hurt to get help. Sighted help, yeah. Sighted help. And then there's times that where it doesn't make any difference whether you're blind or sighted that certain things are going to happen to you or come your way and, and you just have to deal with them. And uh, I've made it no secret that I'm, I've redone my house and now it's up for sale. I, I, I may have had uh, my first really good prospect yesterday. People looked at the house twice and I'm. Uh, it's kind of gratifying. Uh, the house has been on the market two months. The real State people here in Lufkin tell me that the average expectancy is anywhere from seven months to a year. I, I don't think I could stand it that long. I'd like to dump it, I mean, unload it, get rid of it uh, before then. <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh, so uh, with the fact that I'm trying to sell my house and the warden is trying to sell her house, and so then the warden and I have been looking. Y'all are going to buy a house together. It houses okay. together, right. you know, or either live in the one we can't sell, okay. and, but keep a for sale sign on it. So right. we have three choices: live in mine, sell hers; sell hers, live in, or sell mine, live in hers; sell both of them and buy one. So anyway, we found a house that we kind of liked, and we were kind of over exuberant and over expecting, and we thought maybe we had both of our houses sold, and so we found a house we really liked. And uh, we were going to deal basically with the individuals. There wasn't going to be any lending institution involved per se. And so this brings up what do you do when you want to buy a house? You know, when you when you go through the normal procedures, real estate company, you buy the house and you go through a bank or lending institution. Uh, somewhere down the line, there's going to come into play a guy that's called the inspector. And if you're the seller you're probably not going to like this person as much as you do if you're the buyer 
But anyway, these people play real important parts, and and they examine a house, and they you know they have certain checklists that they go through and and to see if there's any major malfunctions, any major defects in the house, and it, you know especially based on age. Even though age, you know, a city code applied to certain houses at certain times and didn't, but then you have to update certain things. Hot water heaters have to be vented, uh, uh, and this sort of thing, and so. We were really interested in this house, and so what we did is we hired our own inspector. And actually, it was inexpensive. And when you're talking in terms of you know a lot of thousands of dollars, well, for it a was house, what 150 bucks, 250 dollars, right? okay, for uh, what hour, whatever it took him. Yeah. And then he pub he gives you a written report of his findings. And the guy we hired is a retired structural engineer. And he does this now, just the house inspection. He works for some banks and, and freelances a lot. What a deal. And so we, we paid him. I mean, our own selves, and we said, you tell us. And, and, and it's really neat. <clears throat> Starting out, if you want to hire an inspector, I guess you could, like, say we live within 100 miles of Houston or 120, 50 miles from Dallas. The best thing is that I find is get one that's from your area because he's going to know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are important. Soil type. Foundation. Uh, yeah. Uh, he'll know the builders. This guy walked in this house, and he said 3M built this house. I mean, I don't know that he w didn't go someplace and look it up, but I'll tell you, he impressed me. I think he just recognized, and he's in inspected so, long, so many of them. So we felt really comfortable with the guy. And, and at this point in time, the man is going to get his money, regardless of bank or seller or buyer. And so he's oh, going to yeah. work for you. He is working for you. And so he's going to tell you. He doesn't give a yeah. hoot whether you buy that house or not. Yeah. And so he, he doesn't make any more money. And so that was the value of it. <clears throat> and he... Uh, was very thorough. Uh, we we went with him, and we we just kind of sat, and he just did his thing. And I mean, he starts. He had a certain area. He started kind of in the, actually in the inside, in the, like with the entryway. When you walk in, he had his little checklist with him. <coughs> and at the end, the final report that he gave us, <coughs> also this house had a swimming pool. And uh, he included that. And there's certain things, but they obviously have certain things they look for. But they look for, they find things that that me as a layman, even though I, I'm a blind handyman, wouldn't consider. And in, in, in I'll go over a couple of things. In this particular house, we were talking about like 2,400 square feet, give or take, and a single story house, but with high ceilings. And and in this particular subdivision, this house is located. Every other house out there has the room over the garage, which if you're kind of like a music guy or recording studio guy or have a lot of grandkids guy you might want this room a lot of people turn them into playrooms this house had the high ceilings and the high attics but it did not have the room and i'll tell you his findings later but anyway when he walked in he identified the builder of the house immediately i mean and he said well 3m built this house and so i said was that good or bad and he said well they do a lot of things good and they do some not so good. Yeah. So he knew by the builder, he had inspected enough houses in this area to know what he was looking for. And then and he had an opinion already what this company does that he considers good and what they do that's not so good. And so he anyway, after he did his little inspection, he came back 
and we sat down and we said, okay. And he said, well, there's no structural reason that I would not buy this house. There's no structure. However, he said, there's a crack going across, a, you know, a hairline crack across the entire garage floor the, the, where there's a crack. And he said, if you'll look straight up from that crack, the sheetrock in the garage, the, some of the taping, and this indicates settling. He said, no, I don't think it'll go any further in this yeah. house. He knew the age of the house. The house was like five years old. He said, probably all the settling that it's done is going to. He also said the garage doors are not shutting exactly right, and that's a good indication that some settling has it's taken settled. place. Yeah. Uh, he said you could adjust the doors, but really that's the, the that's the first cause is settling. And then he also said something that I would have never looked at, never looked at before, on the o, the eaves, the overhang where they box in the overhang. Now, yeah. for you, if you're a totally blind person, you don't know what that is. That's look, the part of the roof that sticks out past your walls. And in the old days, they left them just open. You'd just see the rafters up there. And they pay, everybody painted it. But lately in modern construction, they box them in, they call it, where yep. they put a plywood cover under, attached to those very same rafters. This should be insulated. And uh, over porches, there was a porch. And, and in the garages, there should be. And he noted that in this particular house, there was not very good insulation in these eaves, overhangs, and or the patio decking that had a, a sufficient attic that would accommodate insulation uh -huh. and over the garage. And he said, this does nothing but just add to your uh, electric bill. Yeah. That makes and sense. so he also, he, he talked about uh, uh, identifying problems like uh, if you have any kind of settling like cracks in, in uh, brick that he didn't find any, but he said in some houses where they've had slab problems before, a lot of times it's real identifiable around fireplaces, and that fireplaces will leak. <clears throat> Don Sean, I don't want to talk about somebody that's got a fireplace that leaks in their very own home. Yeah, Is your fireplace no, leaking, Joe? No, uh, no, mine. mine. Oh, mine. Allen did. Mine did. Oh, I knew about that. I patched, I patched I some mortar. I know. But, you took, uh, took weeks, months, years. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this is a dead, there again, a dead sign that I would have never thought about. Yeah. Uh, and and basically, you know, in, in an investment, a major problem that that he talked about that people are most concerned about, and, it's, and it it comes region to region. Like there's yeah. different laws and different rules and different regs. Like from Virginia, say to Alabama to over here to Texas. East Texas has a particular problem. We have a lot of clay soil, and, and anyway, in the, the major concern of Home buyers, potential home buyers, is slab problems. Concrete, the the, the slab. Most yep. of the houses now are not built on piers and beams; they're slab construction. And it, there's really one major cause for this for problems, and it can work two ways. But it's either too much water, or not enough water. Yeah. Too much water, the soil swells if it's not prepared properly before they pour the slab, and it actually pushes the slab up. Can it even in places or a corner or and causing the whole structure to shift, or yep. too little water. You know, in drought times, they encourage you to use a soaker hose water around the perimeter slab, of your slab. Water. Yeah, <laughs> it will sink. Yep. And so uh, this, uh, and of course, this there's identifiable identifiable problems that you can tell. You like inside the house, cracks in the sheetrock, diagonal cracks above windows, doors. A lot of windows and do doors won't close properly. Our windows have actually sunk 
in, in the framing where they're hard to open or in the corners, but primarily a good indicator is around fireplaces. Tile, if there's tile around, like a lot of people have a little hearth on the concrete and the tile will be cracked. And I looked at a house where you found another little house that we kind of liked and it suffers severe uh, slab problems. They were repaired. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so this guy is kind of like the most valuable tool that you could, I mean, for $250, if you're talking in terms of, you know, 150, 200,000, or whatever your price limit is. There's nothing. 250 bucks is the cheapest way out. And, oh, yeah. and even with the banks, hire, you know, they're the guys that's going to tell you whether they'll loan you the money on the house. I'm not so sure that if I do it again, that I wouldn't hire my own anyway. Yeah, just uh, to be able to know, it's a definitely a plus. Remember, Don Shaw, the house she bought on Allendale? Yeah. And the inspector yeah. was over looking at the house, and Mary and I walked around the back of the house and went, well, gee, these windows are down around your knees, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, from that hill that you lived on there, a ton of dirt had and backed up against, down against and, the, back and the, the house. house yep. You could reach up, just stand flat-footed, and reach and up touch and touch the, the roof. roof. Yep. Right. So there had been much good. dirt. I mean, these windows are down around your feet. Yep. And, and there's yep. something wrong here. And, well, and and, and yep. they would they would have never told you about that if the inspector hadn't found it. Oh, right. that's a fact. That you'd have bought the yeah. house. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, and in geographic terms, they call that creep, land creep, and hills. Like I have a retaining yeah. wall at my house. Luckily for me, it's not a big deal because it's not attached to anything. But it was just holding in decorative yeah. in front of a hill. But over the course of years, it has actually moved about six inches. Oh, God. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, but like I say, the, the the neat thing, you know, the old inspector, when you're selling the house, he can bring you dread and oh, doom good. and gloom. Yeah, you know? oh, sure. It depends on what you and, you're on. And so, but if you're buying, and which we were, well, that's the guy that you want. So, oh, yeah. Anyway, that's just yeah. my take. Yeah, it all depends on which end of the old stick. Well, you, you want to so get an inspector anyway, because you do, you can't you're not going you don't want to sell a house that's got a problem because it'll come back on you. Those things, oh yeah, yeah. you know they they've got ears to they they come back on you. You may sell that house if it's got a problem, they may come back and make you fix it anyway. They've got yeah, to, you have to declare in your little disclaimer to, that your house is in structurally good shape, right. and if it isn't, they can come back on you. I've I've Luann, uh, my wife is an attorney and she handles those kind of things. So if you have one, give her a call. No, only yeah. kidding. She, uh, <laughs> anyway, good show, guys. Thank yeah. you very much for coming and being with us. Don, tell us about your the list. The list is a wonderful thing. I love the list. I'm I go sign up for that. I go, no, you're not. We don't want you on the list. Don's a moderator. Don't let him on the list. <laughs> to sign up for that list is knocked. I love it. What is that address, Don? That address is blind handyman dash subscribe, subscribe at yahoogroups.com or if you want to be a guest on the show send that email to the list and let us know we we we, we need some guests coming up our, our our guest list is uh about to the end of its line. So. Judging by the guy we had today, of course it is. No, only kidding. <laughs> no, only, only kidding, Fred. Fred. Only you, kidding, you were Fred. the we best guest we've uh, ever had. We loved you, Fred. I'm coming That's to right. see you in Austin. Anyway, the, if you the want to be on the show, send us a little note on the list and tell us or, or send to my uh, email address, uh, n5gbi at uh, cox-internet.com. Wait a minute. What about blind handyman at hotmail.com? 
That's important. Well, they, they, don't, to hotmail they don't want to send their contact info. Probably no, no, they don't want to but send I'd like to extend a personal invitation to Anita. I mean, she wrote us a very long email, and we've never had a female guest on the show. So come on, Anita, sign up. Yeah, if you want to be a guest, send yeah, me that info. We had one female guest. We spent a while. We do need to have a lady on the show. We so really did we have a female guest? We did have. We did. I, I must have been. It was the day you were out getting beer for Tom. I was. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all for coming and being on the show. Thanks, Tom Houston, Don Shaw, Don Patterson. I'm Phil. Bar. We'll see you next week. I see, said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions. 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.